School, the podcast where we review things we liked in high school. We are back in 1999 today, and I am eight years old, Liza. And how about you, I'm, dear fella? I'm Jefferson Andrew Takahashi. Back in 1999, I've got braces on, my ears are sticking out, and uh, I have a little bit more hair. And baggy usual. pants. And baggy pants. And no prosthetics. <laughs> Very important. A notable thing to note about a certain actor in this movie. <laughs> Andrew, how's it going? I it's, mean, Jif. Jif, uh, it's going pretty well. We just watched, not together, but, you know, separately we watched a movie that I liked in high school. Mm. And I don't want to give away too much, but kind of enjoyed it, watching it. Oh. Just the other day as well. So. A little spoiler a little, for us. A little tippy for the end. <laughs> We watched a comedy mm-hmm. with and written mm-hmm. and starring Mr. Steve Martin. Stevie Martin. And directed uh, by Frank Oz. I did not That's right, the Muppet Man. I did not uh, know when I was younger what kind of a power like the Frank Oz directing Steve Martin I didn't know Steve Martin wrote it. Yeah. And a lot of these actors who were in this movie I mean, particularly Christine Bransky have like become bigger actors mm-hmm. in the in the preceding years, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of a power powerful movie. Yes, there's a lot of little baby faces that yeah. you can recognize in the movie. Uh, a non baby face is Eddie Murphy. Ed Murphy, yeah. Um, Edward Murphy. There's some other folks that are like very like, oh yeah, that guy played that guy mm-hmm. in every single '90s movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know his name, but the the guy who's the cameraman oh, who's helping Jamie Steve Kennedy. Martin. Yeah. Yeah. So he's that character in everything I've seen him. Yeah, he's kind of a like not I wouldn't call him a weasel in this movie, but mm. he's like he's so yeah, he's kind of like the he's Steve Martin's confidant. He's the only other person who through the entire movie mm-hmm. knows the score. Mm-hmm. But and he's kind of like the he's Steve Martin's like errand boy almost. Like right. he's along for the ride. He wears his Baseball cap on the side. Yeah. Baggy pants. Baggy pants. Uh, doesn't talk very much, but the few times he does, it's like either snarky or like dumb. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, that guy. Yeah. He could have been played by um, Seth, Seth Green, Green or I feel Matthew like. Lillard. There's like a, mm-hmm. a, a variety of like that mm-hmm. kind of guy mm-hmm. from this era. Yes. And he is one and of them. they're very interchangeable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How about you give us a synopsis for this movie? So Bowfinger is what I found out today loosely based on an urban legend from like the 20s mm-hmm. where a so it's a it's about a filmmaker named Bobby Bowfinger mm-hmm. played by Steve Martin mm-hmm. who is trying he's like a fledgling screenwriter, producer, director who's trying to get his big break in the film industry. And so his friend writes a screenplay that he thinks is dynamite. And so he knows the only way to get it made is to attach a big name star to it. Mm-hmm. So he decides to stalk and gorilla film Eddie Murphy. Is gorilla film a thing? Like, is I mean, that how you call that? Has it happened often enough that it has its own Yeah, I'd say phrase. I mean, like, I, the way that they do it is they cannot get his permission to be in the film. He tries to, like, trick him mm-hmm. into giving him written permission by, like, having him sign for something. Mm-hmm. But he can't get his permission, so they basically film him on the street, and like, they they try and so they're trying to splice in scenes of him on the street acting kind of wild 
in with stuff that they're filming for the movie. Right, because they also, they're broke, so they can't they're afford... Broke. yeah. Eddie Murphy in this movie is a giant... He's Tom Cruise. ...action star. He's, like, the... Mm-hmm. the I mean, like, in a lot of ways, <laughs> he the he's the equivalent of Tom Cruise <laughs> yes. in this movie. Because also, Eddie Murphy's character is a part of a... Like a Scientology knockoff group called Mindhead, mm-hmm. which is so funny, and like it is, <laughs> it is like in the way that people may not know a lot about Scientology and like the the backstory of Scientology. Mindhead is a really funny take on Scientology. Uh, I think that's the part of the movie that like is most funny to watch now mm-hmm. 20 plus years ago because I had no idea about Scientology until like. The mid two thousand. Yeah, maybe? I, th- that's what I was. I was explaining the movie to, to my partner yesterday, and she was like, "When was this movie made?" And I said, "Ninety nine. She's like, "That's really early mm-hmm. for like a Scientology." Well, and it's assuming that this is. I feel like it's L A. Knowing about L A. Yeah, and like the rest of the world is like. I imagine at that time we're like, oh, haha, a cult right. that nobody knows about. Yeah. And then like, boom, 10 years later, everybody knows everybody about how knows. many, right. how many people in Hollywood are participating it, yeah. in, in the, the cult. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I'm going to call it how it is. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong. So the, the, yeah, they, they are trying to, they're basically, they're tricking Eddie Murphy into being this movie. But at the same time, he's also unraveling personally, like he's losing his grip on reality. Mm -hmm. And like he's sort of he has created these like conspiracy theories for himself about what's happening. Right. Because every time they like happen to have a a, an actor that's acting next to him, he thinks they're like a crazy person that's also part of like an alien Right. Story like they, it, he's just very confused. Yeah. They had they found him. They happened to do this at the exact right time that he's also kind of having a personal mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. So like he's having a hard time distinguishing what's reality and what's, you know, like not. Mm-hmm. And so they find him. They, you know, they do all this stuff. Eventually he goes into a retreat. And so when we get the reveal that there is Eddie Murphy playing a second character in this movie, which is a real touchstone of Eddie Murphy for years, is playing <laughs> multiple characters, as we've known, mm-hmm. um, is he ends up playing what is revealed later in the movie to be his twin brother. Right. But it's Jefferson. <laughs> yes. So that's the part. So I have never I had never seen this movie before. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people have. It's a very like I think it's yeah. a, it's a bit of an under recognize eddie murphy movie yeah well and steve martin Mm -hmm. like both of those people are very famous especially for comedies yeah kind of surprising that it's not as much of like a thing yeah i feel like but the 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 poster for this movie which i had maybe seen via you know just the zeitgeist um has the character of eddie murphy that is the the unknown jifferson jifferson like dorky yeah. brother. This character does not get introduced until like minute 45. Or yeah. Something. Like yeah. more than halfway through or something. Yeah. And I was so, I was like the first half I was like, where is that character going to yeah. come from? Like what is I, so I had like fabricated something in my mind while watching mm-hmm. it, thinking that they were going to, that the only way they were going to get the famous Eddie Murphy character kit, what's his face kit whatever yeah. um to participate in the movie is by playing like 
doing like almost like a um pretending like he's a, a real person not a famous person oh, okay yeah thing and i was like is that how are they gonna wrap that in and then all of a sudden they just introduce this guy they, they who go, they happen to find they go for like a look alike of of kit mm-hmm. and they find end up finding jifferson who like yeah even like well, he gets introduced like midway through the movie and then it takes another like 25 minutes for At him least, to say yeah. oh by the way he's my brother and it's just like they're like what <laughs> Yeah, we don't talk very much. We get along. Uh, he, by the way, him as Jefferson, he's really good. Oh, as it's this, like, like dorky. The, mm-hmm. He's so good in it. It's the most like actual acting I think I've seen yeah. Eddie Murphy do in, you know, the A long term. Comedy, yeah. Because like even in movies that I love with Eddie Murphy and mm-hmm. like Coming to America, like, um, yeah, you know, even coming like Bever- to America. That's right. Uh-huh. And like Beverly Hills Cop and, and like he he's, you know, it's Eddie Murphy doing Eddie Murphy. Yeah. You know, so you're you got to take it as it is. Right. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But but acting. Yeah. Like at least and especially for that time where mm-hmm. it's not full of prosthetics, where he's playing four different characters in one right. movie. Uh, I was like, oh, this is like. This is not Eddie Murphy. This is like him playing a character. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> and he's I mean, he's really good. He's and very convincing. disarming. Yeah, like when he's doing the like, should I take my glasses off? Yeah. And like, you know, he's like squinting and stuff. He's really funny in the role. And like he's really funny as Kit too, because he's like this yes. very out of touch, too famous action star. I mean, mm-hmm. he's basically we said he's basically Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. And he's really funny in that, but then for him to then play like just this absolute shit show of a dork. Yeah, and also, like, so, like, endearing in a way. Yeah. Like, they're completely contrasted, right? Yeah. Like, like he is a complete dork that's really, like, silly and... and I'd love to get slightly... you guys some comedy. Yeah, you know, he like... just wants to run errands and, like, he's a normal dude uh-huh. and he's getting really, like, overwhelmed by too many things to do. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> he's like, can I just go run coffee for everyone? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I kind of really like that character. Yeah. So it's it's funny because, you know, they, they are trying to shoehorn Kit into this movie and they're working around, like, what is his, like, daily schedule. Right. In reality, this movie was, like, uh, Eddie Murphy only had six weeks to shoot for this film yeah. because he was in between bigger projects. But he was like, I really want to work with Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. So, like, I it would be a dream for me to work with him. So, like, I will fit it in. So, like... This movie that's about trying to fit in Eddie Murphy's character into this movie, the real story is they're also trying to fit into Eddie Murphy's schedule to get him into this movie, too. Right. Because there's big chunks in the movie he's not in. No. You know, like, there's chunks where it's like... Even in either characters. Yeah. Yeah. There's parts where, like, it's just Heather Graham and, Mm -hmm. you know, the rest of the crew, Jamie Kennedy and Steve Martin, and, like, just no shot of Eddie Murphy, and Mm -hmm. then, like, he's gone for, like, a ten-minute chunk of the movie. Yeah. It's it's really, like, a Steve Martin movie. mm -hmm. It just happens to have Eddie Murphy in it. (laughs) Yeah. It it is weird, because, like... Eddie Murphy is obviously the biggest star of this cast. Yeah. Especially for the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... But this is Steve. It's a Steve Martin vehicle. Yeah. But yeah. it just happens to have Eddie Murphy as like yeah. a featured character in it, kind of. But and even in the humor, you can tell that it's a Steven Steve Martin movie. Yeah. Like just the 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 um like physical comedy yeah. and the like situational comedy. Like mm-hmm. all of it is very Steve Martin. Yeah. At least to me, it yeah. feels so. It's it's really funny to. And especially because obviously it was advertised as a Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy movie. Uh-huh. and But then really when you're like dissecting it, you're like, it, 
There's really little. Yeah. Eddie also, Murphy in this. Robert Downey Jr. is in this movie. Oh my god. As like a sleazy Hollywood agent or, or director or whatever. Um, that was really funny to see. I was I forgot <laughs> like a baby he was, face. Yeah. Downey I just Jr. forgotten he was in this movie. Um, so yeah, they they get this movie made through like guerrilla filmmaking and then like also splicing in Jefferson in different scenes as mm-hmm. his character, mm-hmm. and then. The conspiracy starts to unravel. Like, you know, they now like Eddie Murphy's character is going bananas because he thinks he's being abducted by aliens and that they're after him. And like they're filming these like elaborate scenes where like people are being like shot and like guts are falling out and like people are bleeding from their heads around him. So he's like unraveling, losing it. So they end up getting their their footage done. They go to the final set piece and that's when the police finally all catch up with the film crew they shut it down, but as it turns out, they have all this B-roll footage of Eddie Murphy acting like a fucking weirdo, and they don't want it public, so they, he agrees to make actually make the rest of the movie for real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's... It's a movie called Chubby Rain, which is such a horrible name for a movie. Yes. And even when they roll the footage of the movie, it looks fucking awful. Yeah, so that's the part that I almost, like, was most confused by. I mean, it this was, movie is, like... It's a comedy. Like, it's yeah. very silly and weird, and there's a lot of things that are just, like, don't add up, and it's fine. Just, yeah. like, it's a movie. And it's a bo- movie about making a weird movie. Uh-huh. But, like, the beginning of it, he talks about the script like it's, like... So you, no, good. Yeah, like, you can't pass on mag- making this. This is the best script I've ever mm-hmm. re- read, and, like, like grandiose thing, and he just happens to be a filmmaker that just doesn't have any money anymore, right. and maybe has had too many flops, or, like, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he can't get producers for the movie, yeah. um, somehow. So he doesn't have, like, enough connections or enough, like, I don't know, to go around to, yeah. like, get this movie started. So, and, and which is why it prompts, like, hiring random ass people in weird ass ways, like the crew yeah. of immigrant, Mexican yeah. immigrants that they, that whole scene, I was like, mm, Okay, well, this is 1999. We'll just, like, It's also, hold. like, because it is... I was thinking the same thing. I was like, man, this is... But at the same time, it is a movie that is satirizing right. the business practice of making movies. Yes, like, making sure... Like, trying to get, like, finagle somehow so you don't have to spend as much money as you need to. Right. Because even at the beginning, they, like... I guess they set it up to show that the the Bobby Bowfinger uh-huh. is like kind of unrealistic about the expectations of making a movie because yeah. they from the get go they're like I have to you know twenty five hundred dollars this mm-hmm. is perfect this is what I've been waiting for my whole life and the cameraman is like it takes two million dollars to make a movie right. like, what are you talking about yeah. and he's like it's fine like he's I guess he's a, like a romantic or whatever yeah. um, but that's I think where. <laughs> I, like, lost track of, like, how... Because I think, like, maybe I just... Because they sell the movie, the script. Mm-hmm. Since you don't actually know what the movie is about, they just talk about the script and how great it is. Right. And then once they actually start putting the movie together, you're like, wait a minute. This is a shitty movie. Yeah. It's, like, an even worse than, like, a B... It's, it's a B yeah, sci-fi. It's, it's lower than, like, sci-fi channel. Yeah. You know, like, schlocky, like, birdemic kind yeah. of... Thing and like even when they show the movie at the end and they keep in a lot of the really crappy footage, mm-hmm. and then like they're I mean it's a really it's a sweet scene at the end where they're watching the movie and each person gets to see like their highlight of the movie like right. Christine Bransky's watching and like all of a sudden, and she's wonderful in this movie she's she's the the woman from like Doctor Seuss 
or <laughs> she's a Whoville person. Yeah, she's um she's the one who like wants to go do a, a production of Cats. In, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's more like Theta. Yeah, she's the, a Theta Octa. <laughs> yeah, but like she's such a great dramatic actress in real life, uh-huh. and to see her doing like such a huge comedy, uh-huh. and she's really funny. Oh, in she's it too. great. Um, she's great in the movie. She gets like a really good, like, you know, just all of them watching themselves on screen and it's like, we got this made. And like that scene, I was like, this is a really nice scene that like everybody's getting to see themselves on screen in this thing that like was a project that is, you know, the movie is like you said, it's a comedy Mm -hmm. and it's a comedy all the way through Mm -hmm. minus like one or two scenes of a little bit of drama Mm -hmm. where like there's a scene where Jefferson is like this, this project means so much to me, you guys like. It's so cool that you guys like me and not because I'm Kit's brother. And then Steve Martin's like, God damn it. This, I'm having now I'm having an attack of conscience. Cause right, because like, the, the whole I feel like they they also portrayed the Steve Martin character is manipulative. Yeah. Like he's been he manipulates everybody, everybody yeah. in order to work for free or to get someone on a, in a movie without paying them or stealing or like, somebody's credit card yeah, to pay like, for the film stock. Yeah, so like a lot of the movie is is him like not doing good things yeah. in order to make this movie um and so yeah he gets like that moment of like heart like i can't oh, do this shit. anymore I'm we're like, manipulating yeah. this poor guy who likes us and is like genuinely like wow thanks guys for liking me for me and he's just like ah nuts right and then by the time like you're describing the scene where they all watch themselves on the screen that's i feel like that's when you realize that the they're trying to portray like a like underdog crew. Yeah. Like they're just, you're just, they're so delighted to even see the end product, even if it's like the shittiest end product, right. but to them, it's like a lot of work that they put into it. But then it. like everybody gives it a rousing standing of a standing applause. Somehow. And then at their like rap party, you know, so like Bowfinger's big dream is I want to be sitting at my desk and a slew of FedEx packages and they're all offers. Mm-hmm. And so he finally gets the final scenes. He finally gets an offer for uh, fake purse ninjas, which is a film right. starring him and Jefferson as. And I have to say that scene was really funny, too, because it's, it? it, it's to me. It was like so it's it's, you know, a bunch of like, you know, it's it's taking place in, in China. So it's obviously a little bit. uh <laughs> insensitive insensitive to uh how life is in china but um jefferson walks in wearing like a ninja costume and the the stunt choreography is so bad but it's like bad on purpose where it's like he's like throwing a kick that's like six feet in front of a person they go like flipping a thousand times (laughs) i laughed like it's just like it's so poor like it's it's almost like an austin powers level like right silly satire of a movie right it's so over the top it's so over the top and they're both like having to like slowly crawl down a ledge to like get Mm. into the action and it's just like that stuff is just like it it's done purely for sticky laughs yes and that did make me laugh i was i was like okay that's pretty funny just like watching him like throw these like really like slow backhand punches to these ninjas who are like having to flip for him was just that was just funny that was just funny to me yeah i think uh, I think what you're describing is funny. I think the whole thing of when it, the movie ended, I was like, I don't know that those last five minutes were needed. For no, they're not. Ne- they're not needed at all. It's <laughs> like it could have ended with him opening the the yeah. the envelope to like, oh, I got offered the movie in Shanghai or wherever they're going, yeah. Taiwan or something. Taiwan, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and then like credits, like yeah, it'd be fine. It'd be fine. It, in fact, like it may even be a better ending for the yes, movie, less cringy. However, <laughs> it did make me laugh. I will give it some flowers and tip of the hat that that scene did make. Just like it's Eddie Murphy as Jefferson's like just total lack of coordination. Yes, is it's, it's a good sight gag. Mm-hmm. But you're right, the movie probably be better with an ending of just like we got the offer and then credits. Roll. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> The, um, some of the crew members, I feel like, I don't know, there's not, there's like a few, it's like almost like an ensemble cast, but mm-hmm. a, with a bunch of people that at the time were not famous at all. Yeah. So and Heather Graham, them, Heather Graham yeah. is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, she plays the like, know, love interest. For every character. For every character. And in the movie. Yeah. In the movie they're making. Yeah. She's like a fresh out of, from Ohio. You know, like, gosh, it would sure be nice to act here in Los Angeles, sort yeah. of. Like, she she gives off that vibe, but then she also slowly manipulates everyone else who is also manipulating everybody else. Right, exactly. I feel like the whole movie is basically a satire on, like, Hollywood. Yeah. Specifically. From people that live that life. Yeah. So, specifically, what I heard is that character is supposed to be a spoof on Anne Heche. Mm, I don't know who, who that is. I read that same piece yeah, of trivia. Steve Martin dated Anne Heche. Mm. She's an actor, also. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I guess, like, specifically the end where they're at the rap party and she brings in, like, the most, like, powerful lesbian in Hollywood. Right. Was supposed <laughs> to be a take on Anne Heche dating Ellen. Ellen, after after yeah. not dating right uh steve martin yeah so uh, that to me feels a little bit like sour grapes from yes. steve martin and like i don't know leave your leave your bad feelings about your ex-girlfriend off screen maybe yeah, like yeah. i don't know that to me like having a broad characterization of a woman who's trying to sleep her way to the top was kind that's that was to me like the most cringy part of the movie mm. was like I don't know. Like, even though she is, she's in control and she's like the person who's like, you know, kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, by the end of the movie, she's like, I know what's happening here. Like, yeah, I think this, I agree with you. I think I didn't really understand what they were doing with the character besides starting like the, the, when you first meet the character, she's mm -hmm. like this naive Midwestern archetype. And, and then, yeah, like slowly manipulates men in the crew Mm -hmm. to get what she wants um and so you're like okay I, sure and then and, and i feel like i only appreciated the character when they actually like drop drop the fact that she's been in the know yeah. or at least she just found out that about the whole scheme yeah. like the fact that um kit doesn't know that he's supposed to be in the movie yeah. or that they're like yeah stealing his image or whatever i feel like that just sort of like wraps a bow on that character for me yeah. without that it would just be like weird like sexist Take on, yeah, shit for yeah. Hollywood. Um, All women want to do is sleep their way to, to the, the top. top. Yeah. yeah, and that's the only way they can get in there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I I feel like it, I don't know. It was interesting, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the best way to put yeah. that. I would also like to say, I'd like to introduce a new thing on the show, and that is a good dog alert, because there was a good dog in this movie. Oh, my God. Betsy, what a cutie. Cutie dog. And also, like, a, like apparently on set, everybody's like, wow, this is a really good dog actor. <laughs> I know. There's a bunch of scenes where she's, like, um, flipped up on the couch yeah. with, like, all her four, four legs up, uh-huh. like, full-on eagle spreading. And I, multiple times, like, she's either in the background or in the scene. Yeah. And every time I was like, I don't think I've ever seen a dog do that on a TV. I mean, I've, yeah. I've seen dogs do that in real, real life, life yeah. all the time. And actually, when she's upside down, she looks like 
Molly, the yeah. dog that we know. But um, the the trivia on IMDb says that they didn't plan on her doing that. Oh, interesting. She just like started doing that, and they just like kept it in the movie. And yeah. then that there's one joke about her doing that, and then um, Steve like Martin like wrapped. Her... I think they just like did that because she like included it in the movie because yeah. they made just the whole crew laugh so yeah. much that that's just how she was sleeping on the mm-hmm. couch in between scenes that she's not in but is in the background yeah which i thought was so cute yeah she's so, like the best major dog. good dog alert yes um there are some characters that made me cringe like the the screenwriter is it afram is that his afram yeah. with a fucking weird accent that yeah. i don't know what it's supposed to be from right. it's hard to and then place. at the end his entire family is like Saudi Arabia. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a black... I don't know. I was just, like, so confused by right. the mix of things that I was like, okay, 99. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just Google... Like, I guess I was going to say, just Google cultures and right. then see where you're right or wrong. Yeah. But I don't know. It was a little cringy. And then the beginning with the, the Mexican immigrants was definitely terrible. Yeah. But I really liked what they, like, spun them into. Yeah. Like, they end up being, like... Within, I don't know, this movie spans over, what, a few months or yeah. something like that? In, like, in the timeline of the movie. And, like, in the few months, they're, like, fully professionalized yeah. into Hollywood. They're bilingual. Yeah. They're, like, movie buffs. Like, they have little, great, like, little round tables where they talk about Citizen King. Yeah. And, like, they're being, like, movie nerds. I That made me laugh. Like, yeah. I thought that was so funny and, like random yeah um that's the kind of thing that i'm sure is like there's some joke in there that's like exclusive to people who have made movies and like oh i know yeah i've seen that story happen Mm -hmm. or you know whatever like like to us it's like a fun you know like kind of like progression thing for those characters Mm -hmm. but i'm sure somebody who's like worked on movies is like oh that is is referencing a pattern or like something that happens yeah Yeah, totally yeah so when you saw this movie you saw in theaters Mm mm-hmm Nice. Did you I, see in theaters mostly because of Steve Martin? I think I probably saw it because of Eddie Murphy. Because mm-hmm. I was a big fan of like the Nutty Professor movies. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Steve Martin, I think to me was like, so like in the 90s, like the late 90s, mid, mid late 90s, Hulu, YouTube stuff did not exist. Right. So like if I knew Steve Martin from SNL, it was like when he hosted right. or maybe like I like a compilation tape or something. Mm-hmm. So, like, access to that kind of stuff was not prevalent. Mm -hmm. And, like, I may have had seen, like, The Jerk or something like that at this point. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't, like, a huge Steve Martin fan. Okay. Like, he was not somebody who meant a lot to me growing up. Mm -hmm. But I was aware of him as, like, a comedy icon. Right. But mostly I saw this for Eddie Murphy. Mm. Because Ed Man was top of his game at this point. This was peak Eddie time. Um, So, it's like, I saw it for that. And, I mean, watching this movie now... I was like, there's no way I got that joke when I was like Mm-mm. 15, 16 years old. There's just no possible way. Mm-mm. But I think like the broad performance of him as Jefferson, all, like I probably loved as a kid. And definitely, yeah, this is one of those things that like it's it's too. A lot of the jokes are too insider and adult for me as a 15 year old to be like, yeah, I get it. You know, I know what that means. But watching it now, I definitely got the jokes a lot more clearly than right. I probably well, and did especially then. the satire and, and stuff like that. It's right. really hard to read as like a kid or a teenager. Yeah, because I'm sure as a kid, I'm just thinking like, oh, they're just making a bad movie. Just, yeah. Whatever. This is silly. silly yeah. adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus now seeing it as like a satire on Hollywood as a whole and also Scientology, <laughs> you know, et cetera. 
So they, I think the Scientology stuff was probably my favorite part. It's, uh, Mindhead is such a funny name yeah. for a Scientology knockoff. Yeah. And, and the fact that they have him, like, repeat mantras yeah. to make... Like, he basically has these sessions with the head right. of Mindhead, yeah. I guess. This, like... Same thing. Creepy old white man with white hair. Yeah. And he plays that in like all throughout the eighties and nineties. Yes, yeah. Um I also don't know his name, but yeah. like everybody recognizes that guy. And in a gray suit. Um the he has these like sessions, one on ones, almost like you would have with a therapist. Yeah. But he's not that. Mm-hmm. And has him like repeat like keep it together and then she, and then it's full-on eddie murphy yeah. just like repeating that phrase over and over keep again it until it it's real yeah um that stuff will probably always make me laugh mm-hmm. like it's just and i don't know why it's just yeah. so dumb but mm-hmm. there's just something about it that he's just like keep it together keep it together like, uh-huh. i can't even do it it's yeah. just so funny um but how they're like and then he's keeping the the non-therapist yeah head of mindhead guy is just keep it so straight like he's like the straight man in those scenes and um just all that stuff was so funny to think about as like 1999 versus like what we all know about scientology now Mm -hmm. and like i guess it what i wanted to say earlier is that i didn't i don't think i understood that hollywood knew about scientology right in 1999 yeah like because it was more public zeitgeist, like, later on, like, almost 10 years later. Yeah. That I, I'm like, wait, so in 99, there were actors and, like, and movie producers that were like, oh, this is going to be funny. This is obviously a satire of things we already know. That right. That are friends and, like, people and ourselves or whatever. But, like, the world was not ready to think yeah. about it for another five years. It's so weird to me, yeah. like, to think about that. It feels like a like a secret insider thing. Right. <laughs> it was almost like prognosticating this thing that's going to be huge in a couple of years. Yeah. But this movie maybe came out just, like, a few years too early. Exactly. Well, and the way they portray it, is I mean obviously it's satire so it's done to to laugh and yeah. like so they're like minimizing what I'm sure things are more complicated but that's kind of the point yeah. like having them wear like the triangular hats yes and the fact that it's like anybody and everybody because the way they like there's like a security guard who yeah, is a who, like, member and mm-hmm. yeah and it's like all like very conspiracy like all interconnected yeah. stuff um yeah that kind of like I was not expecting that from this movie whatsoever. Uh-huh. I also thought Jeff was going to be like a main character. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't, but he was delightful. He's delightful. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the big things in this movie is that Eddie Murphy is on the lookout for Kit, Kit's character, you know, the Kit mm-hmm. character is on the lookout for a career making catchphrase, <laughs> which he gets at the end of the movie, which is gotcha suckas. <laughs> uh, out of, Five career-making catchphrases. What would you give Bowfinger? <laughs> um, I am gonna give Bowfinger. That, also, that title. Chubby is, Rain. No, Bowfinger. Oh, Bowfinger. Yeah. <laughs> Between the fact that it's supposed to be a last name yeah. and ends up being a movie title. Yeah. Is so nineties to me. Yes. Um, it's 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 like it, if a twelve year old named a movie. Well, it's to also me. like it's portraying it as if this character Bobby Bowfinger is a big deal for all of us. And yeah. We're like, oh, finally, the Bowfinger movie <laughs> came out. Oh, finally, got his own movie. Um, 
out of five, I would give it a two and a half. Okay. I'm probably never going to see it again. Interesting. Um, just because there's too many cringe moments. Mm-hmm. But when I found it funny, I found it actually funny. Yeah. It wasn't like pity funny. And then it actually made me realize that I don't, I've never really seen that min- that many Martin, uh, Steve Martin movies. Yeah. Uh, comparatively to how many Eddie Murphy movies I've seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it makes me want to re- like watch old stuff from him. Because sure. I feel like out of the loop on, mm-hmm. like I, you know, like I think I know about Steve Martin, but in, I don't think I do. Yeah. Um. So that is credit to the movie. Interesting. How about you? I think I really like the movie. Like, even mm. though there are some cringe stuff, I think it kind of can be written off as like artistic license because it is a satire of Hollywood that it's more of a exposing the weird practices of Hollywood rather than making something accidentally racist. Mm. If you know what I mean? Or like accidentally sexist. Mm -hmm. The ax to grind with Steve Martin's ex-girlfriend is kind of weird to watch play out on screen. Mm -hmm. However, I think I could, I think I would give this four catchphrases out of five. I think it's extremely watchable. I would definitely watch it again. It's, I think and this like, is the movie we have deferred on the most. Maybe. It may be. <laughs> I mean, like, I think, like, this is this is probably one of my favorite Steve Martin movies. Mm. And it might be one of my favorite Eddie Murphy movies. Okay. I, like, <laughs> I know you have a treasured memory of a lot of Eddie Murphy movies. Yeah. And I like them, too. But I really I have like this movie a lot. I a nostalgia over yeah. them, to be I, fair. I, and, like, part of... Part of why I like this movie so much may be nostalgia for me, too. Sure. Nostalgia-based. Yeah. But I do really like this movie a lot, and mm. I enjoyed watching it again more than I thought I was going to. Like, I was very afraid. Because this is not a particularly well-known movie, mm-hmm. I also think people should see it because they may have missed it just, like, in terms of Eddie Murphy movies and Steve Martin movies. Mm-hmm. They just It just may have... They may have missed it in terms of its release and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's a... a movie in both of their filmographies to worth watching. Mm. Um, but because it's not a particularly well-known movie, I was really afraid to like watch it with you and find out that it sucks because like, Oh yeah. I, to be fair, I was expecting like way more. Yeah. Like couldn't go past There's, the movie. There are like, <laughs> there are Eddie Murphy movies that I know are worse, like mm-hmm. culturally and like just, you know, in terms of uh, like actual criticism mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. are way worse than this. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I just like, I, I don't want to like show this movie to Liza and have her be like, this movie's really bad. It was really offensive. And what's wrong with you for liking it <laughs> when it's something that I was like, Oh yeah, I like this a lot when I was younger and like, you know, I could see the faults or something, but you know, I, yeah, I think it holds up fairly well in terms of some stuff. But you're right. Mm. There was some cringy stuff in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Anyways, mm-hmm. Liza, you ready to deliver the surprise, please? Yes. Come here, UPS Fernando. <laughs> deliver the surprise Wait prize a minute. gift. Is that Jefferson delivering the surprise prize? Oh. Oh, Jefferson. Thanks for running our errands. This should be a national anthem somewhere. It should be the national anthem of uh, Greece. Or where Mamma Mia Sweden, takes place. Sweden. Or Sweden. Is it Abba Both Swedish? Sw- I think they're Swedish. Abba. Yeah. Abba. 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 Duh. Um, 
Yeah, it should be both. It should be the world's Aww. national anthem. The world's... Then Sweden and Greece can be besties. Aww. I know they want to be friends. And but it's they... like sharing a friendship ne- necklace, but it's oh. actually like an anthem. Cute. Oh. Cute. You did it, Fernando. You, you did it, United Fernando. the world. Finally, you united Sweden and Greece. Can you hear those drums? Can um. you hear the drums? Sweden and Greece. <laughs> Welcome to this surprise prize, Andrew. Thank you. For this week, I thought we would make it SNL themed, since both Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy were quite popular on that said mm-hmm. TV show, yeah. Saturday Night Live. Steve Martin, musical guest, Eddie Murphy. It is how we would go. Yeah. <laughs> Not the other way around. No. Christine um, Bransky. So this is an SNL themed Would You Rather. Oh. What is that? It's the Would You Rather theme. Oh, oh, okay. Cool. Um, I was thinking like Huh? That's the SNL theme. And for you, my friend, I have seven prompts of Would You Rather that are all SNL themed. You must choose one of the options for yourself. Okay. Andrew. Uh Uh-huh. This is saying if you were working for SNL, obviously all of them are Mm -hmm. that. Number one, would you rather host or be a musical guest? Host. Good answer. Hey, everybody. (laughs) So happy to be here at SNL. What a dream, huh? And then, yeah, yeah. What a great time to be here in New York City. (gasps) Lauren, I got to (laughs) say, you owe me a Coke. (laughs) A Coke? That's the sort of inside joke that goes into a monologue. Yes, with Lauren Michaels. And then all of a sudden, Bobby Moynihan walks out and, Bobby, what are you doing here? Oh, you weren't supposed to be here. (laughs) You weren't supposed to be here. <laughs> That's the part that you're yeah, mad about, yeah. not the fact that my version of Bobby Moynihan sounds yeah. like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> what did you say, Bobby Moynihan? Bobby. Bobby Moynihan. Number two. Uh-huh. Would you be would you rather be uh handling the craft table or be a crewman? Handling the craft table or being a crewman on SNL? Uh-huh. Hmm. I think I would rather handle craft. I figured you would say that because then you you could chit chat with the crowd and yeah. you'd make them happy. Yeah. It's like perfect job. All of a sudden, I'm best friends with Kate McKinnon. And you know her favorite tweet. All of a sudden, I'm doing Tostitos commercials with Kate McKinnon and Dan Levy. <gasps> Ooh. Because <laughs> she's like, we got to get him in a commercial. He was so good to me at the craft table. And it has to be, what is it? Tostitos. Tostitos. So Tostitos. <laughs> Number three. Would you rather be a cast member or a writer, if you can't be both? A cast member. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about, would you rather be on the news update skit or in sketches? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so if I do weekend update, Mm -hmm. am I replacing either Che or Colin Jost, or am I doing it in addition to them? You're replacing one of them. Okay. I think I'd still rather do sketch. Yeah. I mean, I would love to replace either Colin Jost or Che because I don't really particularly like either of them. <laughs> um, but 
the chance to like I I think like uh, I probably would do better in a sketch. Mm. I was also not. I guess I wasn't thinking of just this current mm. SNL. Oh, okay. For any SNL. Mm. But whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I just wanted to act, grind my axe about Che and uh-huh. Joe's. <laughs> and would you rather do live sketches or recorded video bits? Ooh. If you had to choose. I am a bit of a narcissist in that I like immediate gratification. So I think I'd like to do live okay. versus tape. Even though doing a recorded video means you could potentially be in a video with Lo- Lonely Island. Right. But I mean, Andy also did do some live sketches. That's true. I just like, I think it's like the the nerves of like make like the nice thing about doing an edited video is if a joke sucks, you can just edit it out Yeah, or whatever mm-hmm. with live. It's just like, if you swing and a miss, you, you swing and a miss and it's, going. it's there. It's there forever. And like, I've been in enough improv sketches that just suck shit, <laughs> but then like been in ones that like also were like pretty good that like, I think I would like feed off of being mm. in a good one mm-hmm. and take the hit on being in a bad one. That's fair. That yeah. checks out for what I thought you would answer. All right, two more. Would you rather be most famous for your impressions or for creating like characters from scratch? I mean, I would like to be more famous for creating a g- great sketch character, but I do feel like I like I don't know, like uh because my impressions are so good. <laughs> It would probably have to be for my impressions. They're just too good. I just have too good of impressions. Mm. Isn't that right, love? Paul McCartney here. Isn't that right? And the last one for you, Paul. I'd love to be the musical guest. (laughs) I'll do it right now. Would you rather be a long-standing cast member, like Kenan Thompson that's been over for 100 years, or... A crash and burn, like Jenny Slate, that <laughs> dropped a couple F-bombs Ooh. and then got fired. <laughs> Gosh, great question. Both are great. Both Don't get are me great. Right. I really are, like both of them. There are merits to being both. Gosh. <laughs> I, like, the, the problem is that, like, so many people have burnout stories of SNL. Mm. I think I'd like to crash and burn. I think I'd really? like to be Jenny Slade more than Keenan. Just in terms of like, I want to have, like, I think I'd want to have like one glorious <laughs> F-bomb moment than like just have like the will to live beaten out of me by being on SNL <laughs> for 10 years and just like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> yes, you will probably most likely get your own TV show like Keenan did. And I do like Keenan's TV show. But at the same time, you're just going to be like, fuck, mm. why did I spend 10 years doing that. I also feel like in Keenan's case specifically, I don't know if it's cause there's other people that have been on the show before him that for long, long periods yeah. of time. But um, for Keenan, I feel like for him, at least for me is like, he's like America's sweetheart in a little bit. Yeah. Like, especially I feel like now when you watch current episodes Every time he comes on screen, the entire crowd is so excited yeah. just that he's on screen mm-hmm. because he's been there for such... Like, it's like a comforting thing, yeah. I feel, that, like, 
I feel like you would fit that perfectly. He also of like the ev- the, the greater population feeling like oh it's so nice to see him on screen again. I also think there is a generational thing of like. We watched Keenan grow up because he started yes. on a sketch show for kids. Yeah. Called All That. Mm-hmm. And like watching him go from that to SNL, like I think there's a lot of people, especially in like our age demographic, that kind of followed him up. Yeah. yeah. And so to see him doing really well from like watching him do like this kind of weird Nickelodeon sketch mm-hmm. TV show to then having his own sitcom. To then being on SNL to now having his own TV show again Mm -hmm. is like we're watching him succeed and we've watched him kind of progress. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like based on everything I've heard about Keenan, he seems like a wonderfully nice man. Yes. Like there's not like stories of him like getting drunk and like being disorderly in public or, you know, like being abusive towards people, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like whether that be like people who work for him or partners or whatever, like. Especially because he's been on TV since he was a child. Yeah, so, like, you'd almost expect, like, some sort of weird, like, ego disorder Mm -hmm. for him, but he just seems like a nice guy who's just, like... Well-adjusted. Yeah, a well-adjusted person, so it's, like, it's it's good to see that, like, Mm -hmm. not only is he, like, really funny Mm -hmm. and, like, really good at his job, and he's been really good at his job for going on, like, 25 years, Mm -hmm. because, like you said, he was a kid Mm -hmm. when he started, it's like it's it's kind of cool to see like not only do we like him because we kind of came up watching him like he seems like a good person in the world too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he I I mean I'm definitely part of the people that every time he shows up on SNL it's just like you know you're gonna get something goofy yeah and you, you like you know the quality you're gonna get and it just like brings up the whole sketch I mm-hmm. feel like um, and especially for some of the. I mean, or obviously for some of the recurring characters, but even if it's like some random thing, yeah, it's just I don't know. He's delightful. He's delightful. Yeah, Keenan, we love you. Love you, Keenan. Keenan, come on the show. <laughs> oh please. Yeah, Keenan, please come on to the podcast. <laughs> um. Anyways, Keenan, if you're out there, we would love for you to subscribe to our Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash/GoodTalkStudio. Get those bonus podcasts. That's right. Give us $5 a month. At least. At least. <laughs> uh, it goes right to the podcast, keeps keeps the lights on, keeps the, the machines going, <laughs> and keeps us happy. And you get happy because you get bonus podcasts. Mm. And also follow us on Instagram. At The Rick to School. And, uh, you know, there's other stuff too, but that doesn't get updated, so who cares? Anyways. <laughs> Hey, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.